Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Happy Halloween Collider Dailies viewers. Perisaurus Rex here with John Alger. John from Camp, the Camp Crystal Lake counselor, who's from Albany. <laughs> that's the that's the the best you're gonna get from me as okay. far as like a, a Halloween costume. <laughs> I I had a robe, but I decided at the last second to not wear it, and so this is what I got. Hey, you know I love Friday the Thirteenth. I will always take a Camp Crystal Lake shirt. It's also just like such a warm sweatshirt. And since it's cold where I am now, I'm like I'm I'm enjoying the sweatshirts. Yeah, my my hot tip for everybody who doesn't usually like to dress up for Halloween is to just always have some onesies on hand because one, they're comfortable and lovely to wear year round, but two, then you have like a quick and easy thing to throw on if you don't have a proper costume. Definitely works. <laughs> I really wore my, my Sam onesie. I did my entire uh, Mike Doherty Q&A for the Scary Perry Horror Series in my Sam costume and my Sam onesie. So I'm like, I can't wear that again. I did I did love the video on Twitter of you like waddling out to the Q&A in that costume. That So that mask was very difficult to see out of. And oh, also, I could only imagine. My sneakers didn't fit into the onesie, so I was technically walking around the theater like barefoot. And something mm. about walking around a public, I would not barefoot, like the onesie thing like yeah. covered my foot, but not walking around a movie theater in shoes immediately threw me off. It's just an uncomfortable <laughs> feeling. Like to be without shoes anywhere yes. is just an uncomfortable feeling. Something just, yeah, something feels very wrong about that. Yeah. You know what feels very right today? It feels very right looking at this screen. I hope it sounds right to your ears. It's these wonderful Bayer Dynamic mics 
that we have that the the lovely team at that company supplied the Collider Dailies crew so you can have pristine sounding audio on every single episode of Collider Dailies. These babies right here are the M70 Pro X microphones and we love them. So thank you to our friends at Bayer Dynamics for these. <laughs> I like that sound effect. All right. <laughs> I, you know what would have been a really cool sound effect? Uh, if the second I said that, it cut to our first story with the disastrous peace score from It Follows. That's all I can hear now all morning, <laughs> and I love it. Our very first news story of the day is an update that we are getting an It Follows sequel. This is like the real deal right here. So the news is that director David Robert Mitchell and Micah Monroe are returning for a sequel, and apparently it is going to be called They Follow. Neon is co-producing the movie and releasing it domestically, and principal photography is set for 2024. I did not expect this. Was this a shock to you, John? A very pleasant one. When I saw it on Twitter yesterday, I got to say, I'm very happy that I live by myself. Because when I saw the news on Twitter yesterday, I was sitting here at my desk. I was getting some work done. And I... Getting some work done. I'm scrolling Twitter. But anyways, I saw the, the tweet about it. And I stood up and I audibly wooed. Like, very loudly. I was so I, Okay, so I don't blame you. Adam's going to hate me for moving, but I'm going to move right now. <laughs> so I'm also like, I'm going all out. I'm moving my chair because what I want to show off is absolutely enormous right now. This is how excited I was that we're getting more It Follows. This is my, oh, you can't see it because my lights are ruining it. <laughs> <laughs> One of the largest posters I have in this apartment, and it's beautifully framed. And I'm just going to say, because I can't show it because you won't be able to see it. It's got a collider quote from maybe yours truly. And that quote is at the bottom. And it says, I mean, it says it says an all around blast. I could think of a lot of better ways to describe the movie, but I'll take that. And it's on the movie poster. And I that's, love it. That's a very like marketing would pull that quote. I know, kind of quote. I know. It might not necessarily be the best to describe your feelings on it, but it's it's a marketing one. I also feel like it's something that was probably, you know, like far more descriptive or appropriate sounding in context to, but whatever. It's a movie that I love. <laughs> I'm happy to support it. And I'm I'm curious about the sequel idea. Part of me was very happy with it being a single movie, a contained movie, and I love the way that it ends and just wondering, like, what is going to happen to them? What is next for? I'm trying not to spoil anything because it's still a fairly recent movie, and I want this news to maybe encourage people who haven't seen it to go seek it out. But I did like the idea of it being contained. But I also see a lot of story possibilities for another go around. So surprised, open minded. And I find this idea, especially with Micah Monroe returning, very, very promising. Yeah, it's it's it follows is, in my opinion, one of the probably one of the better horror movies of the last 10 years or so. Although, is it older than 10 years old? It is 25. Or four, it might be 14. I think it's yeah. 14. Okay, so it's almost a decade old. 
Wow, time flies. Uh, yeah, it it is just a spectacular horror film. It's a, such a great concept, and it's so it's such a simple like premise, such a simple such a simple story, and yet it's so gripping and it's so wonderful. It's a simple story, but it's a simple story that lends itself to like a significant amount of thematic heft if you want to yeah. start to dig into it. Like you could sit there and really think about what this means to the characters, what it signals about their past and what they've gone through and what what the it could resemble. But also you could sit there and just watch a really thrilling, clever concept play out. And I also I think what makes this stand out, too, is that. Like it is incredibly well shot, well paced. And again, that disaster piece score just really enhances an already atmospheric looking film. So I want to see more names added to this list. Like, I feel like the essentials here were obviously David Robert Mitchell and Micah Monroe. So I'm glad we ticked those boxes right now. I am curious to see if other members of this cast wind up returning. And then I also want to see in particular, another disaster piece score because that theme is iconic. I'm also wondering if it's going to be a direct follow-up to it follows or if it's going to be like because it has been enough time that maybe they're going to you know we're not going to find out what happened to the original cast of the original survivors at the very end and we're just going to jump to someone else down the chain uh could go a few different ways with it that is i think both again i think both paths are very possible and i think both could be worth pursuing if I were to give you my knee-jerk hope for what I hope the next movie will have in store for us story-wise, I would like it. I think it needs to pick up in, in real time. So maybe something like 10 years later in a, in a particular uh, group of characters' lives and, you know, give you a sense of what they've been going through. I'm dancing around spoilers here so, so hard. Yeah, it's I, hard. <laughs> I also do see a world where... Maybe it's been passed on far enough that we could get a new group of characters. But I also don't want to see Micah Monroe like relegated to like the expert uh, character, you know, where she just like pops in and says, listen, these are the rules we discovered. And this is how you could, you know, not necessarily defeat it, but survive it. I don't really want to see that either. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of possibilities and it is early enough that we don't. We don't have any information. We have no hints or anything outside of a title. So it's really hard to say at this point. But that being said, I am very much excited for this movie. I and feel like I'm going to be there day one. This story is going to take up the entire Collider Dailies today. But I have one, one more thing that I want to say story-wise. I feel like another possibility is that it's been passed on so far that some of the characters have breathing room and then maybe this movie could tackle what happens if it re if it gets back to them. Because that was always something I wondered when watching the first movie. It's like, I don't know, could you imagine someone who's just like hanging out and chilling, think it's, thinking it's so far down the line they're good, but then suddenly it's back. But I think the first movie... Fairly, there's a lot of ambiguity in in terms of decisions the characters make, but I think it makes its point fairly clearly that certain individuals involved in the original film aren't willing to sacrifice others in order to save themselves. So I don't think that's an option for the next film. Yeah, 
it. Yeah, it, there's there's a lot of possibilities. There's a lot of there's just a lot. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a good deal. There's a good deal here. I think I think this is a, a pretty good idea, though. This is one horror movie out there that I am eager to see more of. So I like this. This next story, maybe I'm a little more mixed on because it was revealed that there is a Poltergeist TV series in the works. This news comes from a Variety exclusive, and they are saying that this series is in early development at Amazon MGM Studios. No writers attached to the project, so very, very early stages right now. And they also don't have any plot information to give us, except for the fact that the show will be set within the world of the film, which, you know, I, like, I, I kind of get it. I, I kind of, I mean, it, go, it goes back to what we were just saying about It Follows. I, fe I feel like sometimes, sometimes setting future installments within the world of the iconic original is, is just going to wind up being an excuse to bring a character back as some sort of expert. Yeah, I, I feel like. Projects like this where it's set in the universe of something that existed in the past without being like a remake or a reboot or anything like that is more, especially when it comes to Poltergeist. I feel like what we'll probably wind up getting is a unique, like spooky paranormal story that just has the Poltergeist name. And as you said, we might have like one person pop in for like a scene to be like, here's what I know about ghosts. And then they, they like, break it down and it vaguely connects in some way. I'm kind of fine with that. I would prefer the lightest possible connection to original events. I'm I'm very torn on the idea of series, especially lately, just because we were just talking about the Halloween uh, series as well. I do think a Poltergeist series has more uh, more potential than Halloween, though, because Halloween is you know, appropriately shackled to Michael Myers. And I do think there's there's a point where Michael Myers attack stories could overstay their welcome and, become, and could become, you know, old and maybe not so scary in the series format. You know, where whereas something like a more generic poltergeist could be exciting. Like, I, I don't necessarily think that this series should lean heavily into, you know, like going back to, to like Kane and the beast and the backstory and tying it into anything like that. But I, I do think that the, the smarter idea might be to take this concept and maybe set it around like another, another house that was built on something that would give paranormal entities access to the family living there. Perhaps that's the way to go. And, you know, the, the thing that I'm definitely most hung up on though, is the, the idea of it set, the story being set within the world of the film, because why, like, why say that if you're not going to create a connection? And sometimes I think connections can hold new iterations back and stop them from soaring in their own right. Yeah, it's it, – and that's my main concern with, like, something like this. As opposed to doing, like, a remake or a reboot, I feel like it's them trying to just almost ham-fistedly use the name, and that's about it. Like, they're just using it – like, maybe somebody had 
a great idea, but the studio didn't think that it was marketable, so they decided to just slap Poltergeist on it, hoping that just the name alone would carry weight. I don't know how much weight Poltergeist actually has uh, as a franchise, but... It has a lot. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it does for horror does. fans, but think about what it does for mainstream audiences. Like, yeah, everyone's like, oh, yeah, the first Poltergeist was spooky, but, like, that's about it. Oh, it's like, one of is the it as beloved as... It's one of the most recognizable paranormal franchises out there. I think the name does have a lot of value, but I think the name of any franchise has value until you release a subpar installment, like let's say Exorcist Believer. Exorcist is one of the most iconic horror movies of all time. Yet people possibly read reviews, heard some not so great word of mouth, and that movie didn't necessarily make the money it needed to justify the wild amount they spent on making that movie, plus getting the rights to the franchise. And now it's reported it's going to happen maybe that they're going to have to course correct a little, that whatever plans they had for the next two installments are going to have to change because not enough people want to see the first one. I want to go back to something that I was thinking about as you were just talking there, though. Because I feel like I'm, I've become like a little bit of a walking contradiction with this, but I do think it's a case by case basis. So I, I complained with the Scream TV series that why call it Scream if it's not Ghostface? And I feel like with something like a Scream TV series and ultimately Halloween, I think those franchises are too heavily tied to their iconic slasher. Whereas something like The Exorcist and also something like Poltergeist can introduce a completely different group of characters and let them have their own story, but still feel like their iconic predecessors by playing with certain ideas, rules, themes, feelings. So that's, that's my big thing with this Poltergeist TV series make it its own thing because you can. Yeah. I honestly, I would kind of like when I hear poltergeist TV series and I'm thinking like, Oh, it's, it's going to be, you know, its own spooky story, loosely connected. A part of me kind of thinks, wouldn't it be cool if it was like an anthology? I love anthologies. I want I everything. I do too. It's, <laughs> it's a big thing for me lately. I've, I've really gotten into anthologies. I want everything to be an anthology <laughs> just because it's, you know, it's, I forgot what, what the last thing that I was thinking about that I'm like, oh, just make it an anthology. And it was definitely like a continuation type of idea. But I mean, even, you know, again, I do think sequel, there's sequel potential in continuing the original story from It Follows. But, you know, that's another one where I think you can make the case for the anthology format where, you know, just focus on somebody else dealing with the curse. Because I, I also do tend to find it really interesting watching how different people react to the same situation or the same evil entity. So I feel yeah. like there, there, there is a lot of potential in that idea as well. All right. We'll see what happens. Again, early stages of development. They don't even have a writer, so we're probably going to be waiting a good while until we hear more about the Poltergeist TV series. But the Collider Dailies team will be here to report on it as soon as we get more. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Finally, we just wanted to have a little fun before we close out the episode and talk about some Halloween favorites. All right, we're gonna we're gonna give you some some movie favorites, some must-watch Halloween movies to watch today. But first, just just for a little fun, I want to know, John, what is your all-time favorite Halloween costume? Uh, okay, that's a tough one because I had like a bunch of them. If I had a picture, I would I would pull it up. When I was uh, I, I want to say I was I was probably like four or five. I went as Spider-Man. Yeah. And I had a I had a homemade costume that my mom made where she like took a sweatshirt. She like she did she used like puff paint or something to do like webbing. And I had a, a ski mask that had webbing on it and like the whole thing. And like little, little, little kid me. Like you look at it now and you're like, okay, that's kind of a cheese ball costume. Like it's very clearly homemade. But for little for little John. I was Spider-Man as Aww. soon as I put that on. Like I was, I was ready to go web swinging. Well, now that you teased it, you got to share a photo on social media after or if something. If I can find it. I know that there's a photo somewhere of me and my brother and like, I'm like crouched down doing the hand thing. And my brother is, I think he was like, I don't even remember what he was. Something, something from some movie. Hmm. Was he Indiana Jones? He might've been Indiana Jones. Uh, I know that I know the photo exists. I just have to find it. Okay. Okay. I will say I love my Sam costume. I love the onesie, but also that's the nicest mask. I like, it's like a legit mask. It's beautiful. I also have very good memories. You know, Amelia, John. So for my, for my birthday, I guess it was not last year, but the year before she threw me a fear street party and everybody came in Fear Street costumes, and I oh, loved cool. everyone's. And uh, I was just, I was very happy living in that world. But if I'm going to throw it back to a costume that I wore as a kid, you know, one of the weirdest things I ever dressed up as was? <laughs> Do you remember the Duracell battery people? <laughs> They manufactured those costumes and middle school Perry and a friend were like, that's what we have to be for Halloween. We have to be the Dursal battery people. And like, it was a, like a store bought costume where it had the mask. You had like a thing with a battery on the back and that's what we were. I feel like there's, there's like a period of time when you're like maybe an older teenager to like into college where your costumes just get really like they're almost like you're just memeing that's all it really is and that perfectly fits in that sort of category of costume yep so that's what i was one year as a kid all right next category here candy first the big burning question that i need to know about everybody on this planet are you yay or nay candy corn um i'm yay it's okay. it's one of my it's one of my deep shames that I like candy corn because <laughs> I know that I shouldn't. Don't be ashamed. I love candy corn. I I would have taken it personally if you did not like candy corn. It's one of those things where like 
I, when I'm eating it, I'm like, man, this is really not good, but I just love it. <laughs> it's like, I recognize that it's bad, but I, I still eat it. I recognize that it's likely, you know, like made of garbage, but I think it's good. I love that. I love that taste. I also went through a phase where I like in a mailer once I got a candy corn scented candle and I got so obsessed with the scent that I stopped burning all candles in my apartment unless they were candy corn scented. So my, oh, my apartment always smelled like candy corn. <laughs> I also, a few years back, I ate so much candy corn that it oh, made no. me sick. That's so I haven't this. had it in a few years because of that. Okay, that's fair. But, and I, I feel like the smell would also very much trigger okay. bad memories. Thankfully, I haven't crossed that line. And I, I have a, a reasonable amount of candy corn every year. So if you're not going to eat candy corn this year, what is the number one candy on your list? So, so I am I'm a I'm a Mike and Ike's hey, kind of okay. guy. That is that is one of my that. favorite candies of all time. That being said, Halloween candy, and I'm some people are probably going to raise an eyebrow at this, but somebody reminded me last night of uh you know the the Tootsie Rolls that aren't chocolate, the like flavored ones, they're like oh, fruity. No. <laughs> I like the <laughs> vanilla ones. The vanilla ones uh... slap. Like, those are so good. Okay. <laughs> I, and I, like, it's one of those things where I don't think about it any other time of year but Halloween. I haven't I, had one of those in forever, but I, I do remember them. I I enjoy them. Okay. Way okay. more than I probably should. All right. I'm 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 much more of a classic Halloween candy person. And year-round, my number one candy is a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. You can't go wrong with the peanut butter no, you cup. You can't. You can't. You can't go wrong with peanut butter and chocolate anything. Yeah, like I, I will eat I will eat Reese's in all forms. Reese's Reese's pieces, like the minis, when they're they're bunnies for Easter, when they're they're pumpkins for Halloween, when they, they're king size. They Reese's peanut butter cups almost taste better when they're a different shape. Like like the Christmas <laughs> tree it. ones around Christmas it. are just better i don't know what it is i just prefer them and like the pumpkin ones and yeah the easter bunny ones they're they're just there's just something about them that's better but you can you can very much go wrong with chocolate and peanut butter if you are allergic to peanuts well well that's different that's different i didn't include that in my comments all right Winding down this episode of Collider Daily is with uh, some homework for all of you because we have a couple of essential Halloween movies that you must watch today. Do you want to pass it back and forth? How many do you have, John? I've got I've got a pretty decent amount. All right, how about say. let's let's do three each. Yeah, we can do that. All right, you go first. Okay, so the very first one that I'm going to bring up, obviously, it's it's Halloween. The original Halloween, like if you are not watching this today, this, then you're doing it wrong. You yeah. are doing the holiday wrong. So I'll follow that up with another one where my my thought is if you are not watching it today, you are doing the holiday wrong. I've already mentioned this on this show. It is trick or treat. It is streaming on Max right now. So if you have a Max subscription, you have no excuse not to watch it. I also made a point to emphasize it today on this list because you know, given how much we've covered it in the past week, I'm like truly shocked by how many people have let that movie pass them by. It is a Halloween essential, very, very well-made horror movie, but also it is one big loving celebration of the holiday. So it's a year-round uh, watch for me, but no better day to watch it than today. 
I've been telling everybody, like every single one of my friends when they're like, John, I need a, I need a Halloween horror recommendation. It's trick or treat every single time. Good Love job. that movie. Uh, next up for me, this is a movie. I don't consider it very Halloweeny, but I just want to highlight it every single chance that I get. Cause I adore this movie. It's overlord. Uh, oh, wow. Good this choice. is like a, a Nazi zombie movie. Overlord I love it. I always, I describe it as the best castle Wolfenstein movie that we <laughs> are never going to get. Because I think that makes sense. That. Yeah. <laughs> I love that movie so much. It, it was a movie that like, it came out, didn't see anyone talk about it other than the, the like rumor that it was originally supposed to be a Cloverfield film. And then it just disappeared seemingly from the public consciousness and I, I just I love it so much that I, I always want to bring it up. That is a very good choice. Um, so I already recommended one movie that played in our horror screening series. So I'm going to recommend another because this is another one that shocks me that so many people have missed it. It's the final girls. And I also picked this one because, again, it's a big celebration of slasher movies. And what better vibes to have in your life on Halloween than that? It is also just, it's so effective on every level. It is, it's got some really good scare sequences. It's also heavy into the horror comedy. So it's scare sequences that you could have a lot of fun with. But I think the thing that makes the final girls exceptional is the fact that it's got a massive beating heart, a very, very effective beating heart. It is so incredibly emotional. I've seen that movie at this point more times than I can count, but there's one particular scene at the end that makes me cry every single time I watch it. Everything about this movie is wonderful, well-made, delightful, and I can't recommend it enough. Go watch The Final Girls. Not streaming, but it is well worth a rental or a purchase. I need to watch that movie. <gasps> I, I'm a little ashamed that I haven't seen it. You I know. Uh, because I've heard nothing but wonderful things, and it's been on my list <laughs> like for I a little bit now. Clearly, highly recommend it. <laughs> Maybe that's something that I'll do this evening. Uh, the final film that I'm going to bring up, this is one that, like, you knew I was going to talk about it. It's Evil Dead 2013. Yes. I uh, I believe that this movie will absolutely blow you away. Uh, for, <laughs> for Perry Nemiroff there on the back. God, you can't my read quotes. It. <laughs> my, I mean, that that I think I stand by a little. I feel like that's very appropriate. I bet you anything I wrote that about the gore. That that movie is like I remember I remember I I asked Bruce Campbell if it was going to be good and he gave it the thumbs up and he he was not he was not bullcrapping me. It is such a brilliant film. I love mm -hmm. it so much. If you're if you're somebody who was who you're like, I'm an Evil Dead fan, but I'm more a fan of like Army of Darkness or Evil Dead 2, then maybe you're not going to like it very much. But if you're somebody who enjoyed the original Evil Dead for what they were trying to do with it. It is spot on brilliant, and yeah. I'm a, such a big fan of it. It is, I, it is a, a remake or reboot or whatever you want to classify it done right, in my opinion. That is one of the most consistent horror franchises. Oh, yeah. By far. They just don't far. miss. All right. My final recommendation is something that you can watch right now on Peacock, I believe, with ads only, though. It's uh, Hellfest. So I love Halloween haunts so, so much. And especially when I first moved to LA, that became a top priority every season. So I was bound to really adore a horror movie about a Halloween haunt gone wrong. And like, 
yet again. This one just ticks all the box for a slasher scenario set in one of those theme park haunts. And I love that cast. There's some really great set pieces in it. And this is one of those movies where I feel like it came out and it flew too far under the radar where a lot of people missed it. Or, you know, maybe a lot of people even wrote it off because you know, it's easy to make assumptions about a movie about a whole bunch of young adults who get picked off by a slasher and they didn't think it was that great. But you know what? This is a rock solid watch. And it's also an absolute blast that will blow you away. <laughs> well, and it's like I, I definitely I definitely could see people skipping it because just the idea of horror at a one of those like extreme haunted, you know, house sort of things could be, you know, People would be like, oh, that's a little bit of like a cliche gimmick or whatever. But it is actually an enjoyable film. I watched it. It was a while back that I saw it. So I definitely do need to rewatch it. Didn't it have a sequel? Uh, No. I could have sworn that it, a, it maybe it was just they were talking about doing another one. It's possible. There's another um, very similar movie that my buddy Matt always recommends that I still haven't watched. The name is escaping me at the moment, but I'll look it up and I'll tweet it or something. Is it that one that where there was like, where there's uh, a haunted house company like rents out an old hotel that like is possessed by like an evil spirit that like basically once you enter you're you're screwed Quite i don't know possibly. i don't remember what that movie is called if you remember what that movie is called please let me know um because i watched it one time loved it and then just could not for the life of me remember what it was called that's not hell house <laughs> is it is it what's that hell house it might have been hell house i can't keep track there's so many so many movies right now that's what i love about horror is that there's never there you are never lacking for new stuff to watch and I will say, uh, like, again, going back to track record, I feel like, especially in recent years, this genre has had a very good track record. Like, there's, oh, there's yeah. so much good, like very, very good, very, very special things to watch. Um, one more I'll leave you with is go watch uh, It Follows if you haven't. It happens to be streaming on Netflix. So no excuse not to watch it. All right. That is a wrap on this Halloween edition of Collider Dailies. Thank you all so much for watching, and we will see you tomorrow for a brand new episode on November 1st. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.